He's talking about an attitude we should have about the days that are before us. James tells us that we ought to consider the year that is before us. There's much about the future that is uncertain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. And that's so true. How true that is this year. Of all the years that if there's ever a time when there's so much uncertainty uh, you know, in, our, in our world, it is now. Uh, I think one of the saddest things I see in our country and our nation, and I, like, I love our nation. I'm, I'm just old-fashioned enough to believe if you don't like the USA, leave and go to a foreign country. And uh, you'll begin to realize very quickly we're a very blessed nation. But one of the things that's alarming about our nation is, is how much uh, division that has been created. And to be quite honest with you, how many are moved by fear. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And it's sad to see how many are moved by fear. So as we come into this brand new year, even though we may not know what we face in the future, we should know how to face that future. There are certain spiritual resolutions that we can make as we approach a brand new year. So let me give them to you. Number one, a daily measured life. Write that down. A daily measured life. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue our year and buy and sell and get gain. Their plans was to go into a certain city and over the next year they were going to buy and sell and uh, make profit. The words go to now is similar to our expression. Now look here. That's what the words mean. Now look here. James is saying, you're making all these big plans and there's something you're failing to consider. He said, uh, and he's not condemning their planning. That's not the idea. He's not condemning their ambition. I believe if you don't plan to do nothing, you'll get nothing done. I believe there's a certain amount of planning we make. But what he's reminding them is this. All of our planning needs to be made with the fact that we can need to consider life. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. You're making these plans, but the truth of the matter is we don't have tomorrow. It's not here yet. And uh, I'm not and, he, and again he's not he's not um, booing out our our planning. He's saying you ought to make plans with fact in mind, okay, what am I doing today? Because tomorrow may not get here. Notice what he said, how life must be assessed. He asked the question, what is your life? Man, what a question. But what a question for our day. What is your life? If you had to answer that question, you had to stand before people and answer that question, what is your life? I, 
I don't know. I, I can't speak for anyone but for myself. I refuse to live a life in fear. I refuse to live a prisoner of my own making. The reality is, he said, what is your life? Then he goes on to describe life. Is it not a vapor or a mist? The word vapor speaks of a mist. And James is reminding us how short life truly is. And I'll be honest with you, it is truly short. Job 7, 6, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Job 9, 25, my days are swifter than a post. They flee away, they see no good. They are passed away as a swift ships, as an eagle that hasteth to the prey. Psalms 39, 4, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. In the big picture, we're just amidst here for a short time, and then we vanish away. The young in our church, and like I say, most people are listening by live stream, but the young in our place look out in the future and think the years will never get there. The oldest in our place look back and wonder, where have all the years gone? An unknown writer said this, when as a child I laughed and wept and time creeped. As a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I become a full grown man, time ran. When I'm older still, I grew, time flew. Soon I shall find in time and passing on time gone. And so we must assess life. And folks, to be reality of it, uh, life's a vapor, and then it goes. The Bible says it's a point unto men wants to die. That seems to be a subject that people don't want to talk about, but the reality is we're all going to pass away one day. Either that or by rapture. I'm leaning on rapture. My, uh, so I take all my family with me at one time. But the reality is whether it's by rapture or by grave, we're all going to leave this world one day. Now notice how life must be assessed, but how life must, must be approached. R.G. Lee said this, Yesterday is the tomb of time. Tomorrow is a womb of time. Only now is yours. A resolution we should all make is that we will be all we should be and do all we should do this day. One of these days I'm going to get around to doing this or doing that, people say. I had folks come to me and, 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 I know, and they were genuine. They were good people. And I, I remember a man coming and saying, Pastor, when I retire, I'm, I'm going to get me some tracks. I'm going to go visiting and for the Lord. I'm going to work for the Lord. But the problem was, when he got to the place of retirement, his physical health was gone. And he couldn't. The reality is, all we have is today. All we have is today. And that's the reason why that today is so important. 
why we ought to do what we ought to do today ought to be done today. What we ought to be doing today ought to be done this day. If you're not saved, you need to get saved today. If you're not living for God, you ought to start living for God today. If you're not if you're out of the will of God, you ought to get in the will of God today. If you're not working for God, you ought to work start working today. Someone has said it so well. Yesterday's a canceled check. Tomorrow's a promissory note. Today's the only cash we have to use. Daily measured life. But I want you to know something else in this passage. And this is really why I want to drive home because I believe we have a tendency to listen to the media and, and the voices where we work and people around us. And uh, we tend to forget this. A divinely managed life. Verse 13 says, Ye that say, isn't it amazing our speech betrays us? We usually speak what's on our heart. Somewhere, sometime, we, our speech. If we're fearful, we'll, we'll, it'll come out in our voice. If we're, if, we're, if, we're, if we're not, it'll come out in our voice. If, if we love God, it'll come out in our voice. It, it will not, it, you, our voice, the, the ability to speak, says so much. Ye that say. But that's what he said in verse 15. Ye ought to say. The Lord is saying, this is what ye ought to say. If the Lord will, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord will, we'll do this or do that. So let me say this. First of all, God determines the existence of our life. We could have revival today if every born-again believer believed that. We could literally have revival if we truly believe that God determines the existence of our life. But the reality is we wrestle that control from God. See, I'll decide the control of my life. And many have built prisons of their own making. See, you don't have to have bars to be in a prison. Some people are in prison of their own making. Why? Because they have not determined that God is in charge of the existence of their life. I want you to know tonight I have never been more settled that God is for our church, loves our church, will supply the need of our church, and that's what I'm trusting in. And starting next Sunday, we're going to open up for Sunday school and preaching and the whole thing. We're going to go back to regular service. How can you come trusting God? Job 14, 
5 said, Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. God's management of our life. Behold, our starting point, our stopping point is God's management of our life. James 4, 16. But now you rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. God reminds us it's wrong to presume that we're masters, that we're masters of our fate and boast in what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Simple truth is that if God doesn't will it, we won't do anything. Truth of the matter is, we won't breathe the next breath if God didn't choose to give it to you. We need to be reminded that God determines the existence of our life. I wish to ever born again, I wish every person that said they're saved truly believed that. It would change their life. It would change their life. Number two, notice God directs the events of our life. Not only does God control the when of our life, He controls the what of our life. He's the one that determines how long we'll live and what happens while we live. I'm, I'm, I'm praise God. I'm glad God's in control of this business. And I'm going to be honest with you. Boy, when God says it's time to go to the house, you're going to the house. I don't care where you're ready or not. And if God says you're not going, you're not going. I remember visiting the hospital and man was very sick, really sick. And, and the nurse come up to me and she said, now, preacher, there's no need in praying for this man. He's going to die. And... Um, um, never do this again, but I did that day. I just walked up and I said, Lord, would you touch this man so she would know that there's a God in heaven? That evening he come out of the coma he was in. Next day he was sitting up in bed and next day he went home and lived four years longer than what they said he would. The reality was God's in control of life. In Acts chapter 16 verse 10, and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia. And he says these two words, assuredly gathering, that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. That word assuredly gathering, it means it all came together. Um, the word suggests a sweater being knitted. It, it suggests a jigsaw being put together. A lot of people putting jigsaw puzzles together. It has the same way of a, of a puzzle coming together and a picture coming all together. Is what Paul was saying. God has a purpose and a will for our life. And if we allow him to do that, he'll bring all that will and purpose together. He'll like like you with a sweater being knitted or a puzzle being put together. A lot of times we get to see the pieces. And, and you know, we reach to grab the lid because we want to see what the picture's going to be. But he grabs the lid and we see the pieces. And we got, sometimes we get frustrated over just seeing the pieces. 
Because we don't want, we want to see what it's going to end up, what it's going to look like, and we just see the pieces. Because God wants us to yield to the management of our life. What God's wanting us to do today on this first of brand first Sunday in a brand new year. What He's wanting of us for you that are you that are listening. You know what He's wanting? He's wanting a fresh and a new yielding and surrendered to His will. And I'm so glad He's God enough. He has a will for every person in Solid Rock Baptist Church. And He's wanting you to surrender your will to His will. The greatest thing every young person could do, every young man could do, every young woman could do, is while they're young, surrender their will to His will. It would change their life. Jesus doesn't come. Alan Redpath said, Redpath said this, Jesus does not come into our life on the basis of a democracy, but on the basis of a dictatorship. In other words, what he's saying is this. It's going to be God, it's going to be nothing. He'll either, he'll either, he'll either dictate our life or he won't. He won't play second to you, you and him both. You and God both cannot rule on your heart and run the affairs of your life. Either he's going to be on the throne or you're going to be on the throne. What's sad is when we allow the world a place on that throne of our heart. And we say, okay, we, but, but they said this, they said that, they said this on the job, they said it, they said this, they said that, they said, my doctor said this, my doctor, somebody else, and never take the time to say, but God, what would you have me to do? Lord, Richard Baxter that great, that, that great old man that wrote years ago. He was a Puritan. He wrote this. Lord, what thou wilt, where thou wilt, and when thou wilt. No wonder God used him in such a great way. Such a great way. A daily measured life, a divinely managed life, then notes a diligently mastered life. In a final spiritual resolution we glean from this text, he throws a verse in that on the surface seems out of place. Therefore, now when you see the word therefore, you need to ask yourself, what's it there for? Okay? I, I, God didn't make any mistakes. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. What God's telling us is this. We ought to be conscious and concerned when we choose not to let him lead our life. Because God said... When you know to do good. I told you, you ought to say, if the Lord's will, I'm going to do this. If the Lord's will, I'm going to do that. 
If you know that and you don't do that, that's sin. And so he's saying that if you don't deal with that, sin's mastering us instead of us mastering sin. Notice what he said, the confession of sin. David said in Psalms 32, 5, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Confession simply means agreeing with God. When God says something sin, we need to agree with him. When I say, I'm going to do my thing, my will, I don't care what God says, that's sin. That's sin. And we got to agree with God that that's wrong, that's sin. No, what I ought to be saying is, Lord, if it's your will, I'll do this. If it's your will, I'll do that. Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. God will not and cannot bless unconfessed sin in our life. Note how carefully James, the definition James gave of sin. That word sin means to miss the mark. It's used of an archer that misses a target. It's used of a student that took a test and missed the answers. Spoke of a person who knows of a certain standard is right, but fails way below it. James is describing what we call two things. The sin of commission. Doing what we know we should not do. Second, the sin of omission. Not doing what we should do. And both are sin. When we know, when we know that we're to do things. And you know we're not ignorant. Truth of the matter is, we've been in church long enough. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. And oh, how many times we make decisions and never saying, Lord, what, what is your will in this matter? The confession of sin, but then the cleansing. I love this. But we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is a spiritual resolution as we begin this brand new year. Lord, I don't want anything in my heart or life that is displeasing to you. I want to be clean before you. Proverb writer said, keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The word keep means to stand guard. The word diligence means the same meaning. It means to stand guard, be, be on top, not, not to miss your post. It means being on guard. And we ought to take great care We need to take great care to guard. We, may, we, we, we put up cameras and we put up uh, systems to guard our homes. And uh, we carry guns to guard our person. Some probably got a half a dozen on them now in their shoes and their socks and everywhere else. But isn't it amazing how little we have a tendency to guard our hearts? 
how we, how we tend to have a tendency not to guard what God said. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. We need to, we need to stand guard on our hearts. We are to take care of our heart and make sure that nothing gets in that displeases God. So as we close out 2020 and we enter into 2021, we'll make these three resolutions. I will do today what I ought to do. I will be today what I ought to be. And I will let Jesus be Lord of my life and manage my life according to His will. As I leave here tonight, I'll put a guard at the door of my heart. And trust me, there's not a soul here that doesn't need to put a guard on your heart. There's an enemy. No, he's not going to walk up and say, I'm the devil and I'm here to destroy you. Now, he's not going to do that. But there'll be that one that'll pull you away. That one that'll get your attention. There'll be that thing. And every one of us, every one of us, has our own temptations, our own trials that we face and we fight. So we need to keep a guard to our heart that we not let the devil find a place. Well, this next year. So let me give you these three things again. Number one, daily measure life. Every day. We need to realize this is all we have. When I promise tomorrow... And by the way, we can't live in yesterday because it's gone. Can't change it. It's gone. A divinely managed life. I'm glad God's in control of my life today. Boy, it is great, great, calm. It's a great, blessed thing to believe and understand that God's in control of my life today. And I want him to manage every part of it. And then number three, a diligently mastered life. As Miss Ellen comes to play, I invite you that are watching my way of live streaming, would you make your couch?